it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday afternoon via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the preseason is done. Islanders made it out healthy. Yeah, they lost 5-4 to the Rangers, but who the hell cares? Uh, the season starts a couple of days from now. Uh, we are going to do something a little bit different. We're actually going to kind of put the Islanders on the back burner today for this very special episode and talk about the rest of the NHL, which is something we generally kind of don't talk about all that much on our regular show, but uh, we got some uh, some looks at some other players and some other teams and some bold predictions. So uh, are you ready to talk some shit about the rest of the NHL? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited that, you know, we, we, when we decided to do this episode, my biggest fear was I, I saw that there was a preseason game on Saturday night, and I was like, all right, like the only reason we'd scrap it is if something goes horribly awry in that preseason game. And the only thing that really went awry in the whole preseason was the uh, the power in New Jersey, which was you know a <laughs> blessing in disguise. My brother sent me a picture, said like uh, the day after was like sources in New Jersey are looking for a man who fits this description, and he like sent a picture of me, and I, I was like, <laughs> no, it wasn't me, I promise. Like, uh, but yeah, it was that was definitely a blessing in, in disguise, and now we get to uh, yeah focus on on the rest of the league. Uh, for what the first time this is episode uh hmm. 173 yeah. um the first of its kind i guess uh, <laughs> where we we'll, we'll take a look at other teams and uh i do think it's fun to, to to do for a variety of reasons one because you know if, if you are listening to the show it means you're a diehard islander fan and probably means you're a diehard nhl fan and there's a lot of really funny peculiar things about each team and um 
we'll we'll do our best. You know, I guess I guess this is an Islander podcast, but we do spend a lot of time talking about another team, and um, so we'll we'll definitely spend time on the other thirty because uh, mm. now we got thirty two teams in this league. So uh, yeah, I'm ready to dive in. Cool. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you're looking for like a very nuanced complex you know in-depth analysis of these teams you're probably in the wrong place because we're just gonna you know go with what we know although i'm interested to hear how this shakes out because you've done a lot more research than i have you know for like betting lines and and previews and things like that and i'm just kind of going off of what my friends say on twitter about these teams so uh this is gonna be be a uh, like a pot kettle situation for us we're gonna we're gonna do to other franchises what they've done to the islanders it makes us so mad when they don't they just go to the surface level kind of stuff and be like yeah we gotta move the coyotes out of of arizona because there's no fans that kind of thing that is true what was that empty seats uh twitter cat Oh yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but that's what, we're just going to do that to to every every franchise. Well, it is fun, which is I guess why people do it to the Islanders. So uh, we'll get started uh, with everybody's most maligned division. This is the, the division that everybody basically kind of agrees is more or less the worst in the entire league, and that's the Pacific Division. And in thinking about this, I figure there's there's this division can really be split into three different tiers or sections. So you've got the Canadian teams, the California teams, and the expansion teams. And what's funny about the expansion teams is that there's two teams. It's Vegas and Seattle. And there's probably more hope in that one section than in the other three combined. Um, Vegas is clearly the class of this division. Expected to be one of the better teams in the league. Top four, if not you know, top six, maybe, uh, being if you're a pessimistic. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about it when we get to the Central Division, but uh, they lost Marc-Andre Fleury, who was sort of the heart of the expansion nights and won the Vezina Trophy last year. I feel like people kind of forgot that, considering what happened to him all summer long. Um, so they're going to be pretty good. And then Seattle, it's funny to me that, like, you know, we all watched the expansion draft and immediately was like, oh, my God, these guys are going to suck. And then when the rest of the summer shook out, now you start seeing people going like, you know, there's a chance Seattle can make the playoffs in this division. It's like, yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good, like or at least not nearly as terrible as some of the other teams in this division. And uh, we've talked about it before and you, you mentioned it in, in a few other podcasts, like you're pretty high on the idea of the Kraken making the playoffs and Dave Hextel possibly winning the Jack Adams trophy if they do, which makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. Yeah. It's, it's one, 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 um, you know, betting lesson is that a lot of times when you are, you know, going to bet a team on the futures market, whether it's to win the Stanley cup or um, make the playoffs or over a point total, like there's usually a correlated market in, in like the derivatives. So like, uh, that meaning, like, so think of it as the to win the Stanley Cup. That's the basic market, right? And if you dig a little deeper into a, a quote unquote derivative, like a, a coach of the year market or whatever, um, there, you you could probably that's where bookmakers tend to to pay less attention. They they're already not paying attention to the NHL. That's why <laughs> you know it's a it's an interesting market to bet into, especially if you're new and just want to start doing it because you have a better chance of success. It's still very hard, but uh, than the NFL and but they're, they're, they're already asleep at the wheel. They're doubly asleep at the wheel uh, in the low, like the more obscure markets, Jack Adams, not that many people out there are betting Jack Adams uh, right. winners. So uh, yeah. So if you think about if Seattle makes the playoffs and, and they are currently odds on or they're favored to do so, everybody's going to vote for Dave Haxtell to win coach of the year. And he's 30 to one. So 
instead of uh, just taking the minus 130, you know, go go shop for Dave Haxtell to win coach of the year ticket and you'll get a better uh, payout. But yeah, I think that they're built to, they're, they're built from the back to the front. Uh, yes. with, they have two good goaltenders, a big, good defense, and no uh, Jordan Eberle is going to be their best player. And he looks great in those <laughs> those jerseys too. They, um, they're great looking jerseys if yeah. you haven't watched them yet in the preseason. Yeah, they're really good. They're, they're, they were the type of jersey. There's a couple jerseys in the league that look just so much better when they're fully put together, like from mm. the helmet all the way down to the, the skates. And Because uh, I was like, yeah, those jerseys are nice. They're cool. They're sleek. But then when you actually see them just like on the aesthetic of on the ice and fully put together, they look awesome. Uh, and yeah, they really do. They bring out Jordan's best features too, I think. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, but they, they, I think they're going to be kind of like what the Islanders people perceive the Islanders to be, which is a team that is going to be balanced. Can't really light up the score sheet, but, uh, gets good goaltending and good defense, uh, cause that's how they're built. So a team like that can collect points throughout a season and in that division. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Philip Grubauer has been a good goalie for a long time. Chris Drigier kind of came on last year, had a bit of a breakout season. So you think those two guys can probably cover up a lot of mistakes. And again, up front, they're pretty mediocre. Like, they're not terrible. They're not as dynamic as, you know, Vegas with, you know, Mark Stone and Patchy Reddy and, and Carlson and Smith and all those guys. But, like, they have some guys that probably could scrape together a bunch of goals. And I think that's probably all you need. And, you know, Seattle's ready for a hockey team. I think <laughs> they haven't had one since what the turn of the century, <laughs> last yeah. century. So I think they're ready. Um, it, so, so it should be interesting to, to see how they, they plan out. Is anybody picking them to go to the finals? No, I don't think that, you know, they're going to do what Vegas did, but I think they might be pretty good. So then we get to the Canadian grouping here, which is the flames, Oilers and Canucks. And the Canucks of course are going to be, the natural rivals for the Kraken, uh, which means that they are going to 100% lose every single game they play against Seattle this year. I guarantee that. Uh, that's my bold prediction for this <laughs> this uh, particular uh, grouping. But um, the funny thing to me is how high a lot of Canadian media are on these teams. Uh, Jeff Merrick loves the, the what the Canucks have done in defense. Loves it. Loves it, loves it, loves it. Okay, sure, man. Uh, the Oilers are have the best player in the league in Connor McDavid. They signed a pretty good player in Zach Hyman. They got a guy who used to be a pretty good player in Duncan Keith. And they still have 40-year-old Mike Smith in goal. And to me, that's risky. Uh, if I was an <laughs> Oilers writer, I would think that would be – they'd be great. And they're going to win, you know, have a chance at Stanley Cup. Man, I, I don't know about that. And then the Flames – you talked about Daryl Sutter too being a potential sneaky sort of Jack Adams guy for the Flames. To me, the Flames always look good on paper. They always look like a team that's going to make a lot of noise, and then they somehow find a way to disappoint. And this is not like a, a modern Flames thing. This has been happening since literally 1990. I've always had kind of a soft <laughs> spot for the Flames. They always look pretty good. They never look like, oh my God, these guys suck. They always look like they're pretty They had Jerome McGinley for a long time and Kiprasov, and then somehow they find a way to blow it. And, you know, 2004 was like their kind of big thing. Um, but that was really it. And then like, you know, what have they haven't really done much since then. And they just keep looking like they could be pretty good. And then they somehow flame out. So are they a playoff team? I don't know, but it's, I would not trust the flames more than I can throw them. <laughs> Why? Ne you never know what you're going to get from them. I, I feel the same way about the flames. When you said like, you have a soft spot for them. And I have a couple friends, like, who like them too in the same way. And I, I another just, great Jersey combination, yeah. you know, and I don't know why, like why I'm so drawn to them. Uh, 
every year. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like this team. And I don't like yeah. even like the city of Calgary. Like, mm. I know it's, it's, um, you know, probably like what fifth biggest or sixth biggest in Canada, definitely over a million people. They got a great looking uh, arena that doesn't mm. work fu- functionally, but, <laughs> which I like, but the saddle dome is pretty cool looking and mm. Harvey, the hound is really cool. Uh, mm. as far as mascots go. So maybe that's it, but I don't know what it is about the flames. Whereas like, I, I've always thought the same way. I, I like, like this team. They've, they always seem to not sign unlikable players, I guess. Like you, you rattled off a couple that, that 2004 team was, was pretty cool with a, a Ginla and uh, yeah, Kiprasov. So I don't know what it is about that team that, that I like that makes me like them. They're also the type of team because we listen to, yes, Jeff Marrick and mm. L.A. Freeman, which we, we do rag on them all the time, but it's because we listen to them. And, and it's, it is appointment, kind of a necessary evil for hockey fans in the States <laughs> to listen to his, their podcast and whatever. It's the, but the way that the Flames are covered, I think, in Canada is so different from the way mm. that the other teams are covered. And, and, and I guess the Jets are in almost in the similar – the Jets are closer to the Flames in the chart than they are uh, to the rest of the groups. But uh, like the, the Canucks, uh, Oilers, uh, Canadians, I think, obviously are tier below the Leafs. But the, the way those three teams are covered, anytime they do anything, it's a – we got to talk about this. We got This is an emergency episode. Cody CC just signed a deal with the Oilers. This is a big deal, whatever. <laughs> but like when the Flames do stuff, it doesn't really get the uh, white glove treatment that they give to the other Canadian markets. I don't know why. I don't. Mm. I don't because it is still a pretty big market. It seems like they have a pretty decent fan base and they're they've been pretty relevant. I I would say. Uh, I, yeah, like you said, like they always look better than they actually do. But um, they're they're just an interesting case study. I think to for for neutral fans in mm. uh the league because like they don't ever seem to do anything off-putting uh and and i guess maybe that's why the canadian media kind of generally uh, ignores them uh, mm. like they do or or treats them like they do um and if there are any flame fans out there listening and i'm uh, and i'm way off please feel free to well i just up. remember when they signed jacob markstrom last summer and it didn't seem like you know it was a big deal yeah. like the, that day and then it just kind of went but, away. And it was a big no. deal because the Oilers didn't do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone expected the Oilers to do it. And they're like, oh, well, the Flames did it. So, oh, yeah. getting, you know. Ah. He goes from, from the Canucks, almost signs with the Oilers, or at least fl- flirted with the Oilers, signs with the Flames. And, again, it's a story for a day, and then it goes away. But, like, if the Leafs pick up the Habs backup goalie, we're going to be hearing about it for months and months and months and how he's, you know, this change is made and how could this happen? So, yeah, no, I never really thought about that, but the flames are kind of covered a little bit, a little bit differently than their rivals up there. Maybe that's why, and that's maybe why there's an Islanders flames Alliance. or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Oilers are fascinating though, in the sense that again, they have the best player in the league. Um, and I 100%, they have two best really players in the league when you think about it, because dry won MVP a couple of years ago. And uh, I still would not be surprised whatsoever if this team misses the playoffs. Mm. Like I just, again, Zach Hyman's a good player. They have other good players. You know, Nugent Hopkins has been a good player for a long time. They have some nice players on D. Duncan Keith is not a good player anymore. Like, <laughs> yes, he won the Norris Trophy, you know, 10 years ago. He's got three Stanley Cups. He's had a heck of a career. I'm sure he's a heck of a nice guy. But like this was probably not the move that the Oilers needed to make. But you would never know that from reading about it because it's apparently – 
the greatest thing that ever to happen. He's the best Oilers defenseman since uh, Chris Pronger, I guess, or Paul Coffey before him, whatever. Like, and again, you're looking at a, a tandem of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, who were okay last year, uh, replicating that or doing better, being a year older. Mike Smith's case being 40 years old. To me, you know that how that's not story number one why the Oilers didn't upgrade in goal and how this is going to sink their season is kind of shocking to me. I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah. It's so, so here are my bold predictions for the Pacific. <laughs> One is for, for seven years from now. That's how bold it is. It's that there's wow. going to be a, a 34 thoughts or whatever, how many thoughts we're doing at the time <laughs> episode where the Canucks and Kraken finally look like they're going to play in a playoff series. Uh, and Jeff Merrick is going to say, well, Elliot, how big is this for the Pacific Northwest? We've been we've been waiting for this since the Kraken came into the league, I'll, just like he did with the, the Lightning and Panthers all season last year. So that's bold prediction number one: is that happens, and and he thinks of a he thinks he's he's got a cool catchy uh, nickname for the rivalry. Uh, I don't know what it is right now, but you know the Puget Sound Derby or something. But uh, the uh, and the other bold prediction is that trade deadline frenzy, whatever. Uh, everyone's talking about how it's it's a lock. It's it's a lock that the Oilers are going to trade for a goalie. There's no way they're not going to. They can't. They 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 need to get a third guy in for uh, to back up Miko Koskinen and and Mike Smith. And then they don't do it. Uh, and, every, and and there always seems to be a, a situation at each trade deadline where it's 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 a certainty that this player is going to move or this move is going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of just like brushed aside. And they talk about it a little bit, but. That's that's my my other bull prediction is that they they're going to kick the tires on on some goalies, but uh, they're not going to actually do it, and it's, and it will cost them. <laughs> and uh, then thirty years from now, we'll look back and be like, yeah, those those Oilers teams with McDavid were pretty good, but man, they just never had the goaltending. And we'll be like, wonder why they just never <laughs> did. Um, a quick, real quick on the Canucks, this might be. You know, there are probably other candidates that we'll come up with over the course of this show, but I think they might be the most hipstery team in the league everybody loves to talk about how great they are and and how good they're going to be and they certainly have some dynamic young players Quinn Hughes is fantastic um Elias Pedersen is great they both are signed now uh Thatcher Demko wowed everybody in the bubble two years ago you got to put up more than this and and I'll talk more about that when we finally get to the metro at the end and talk about sort of relate all this back to the Islanders at some point but to me I, I feel like they need to accomplish something more than just like winning that round in the bubble because things are are a little strange out there. I don't know. It's it's just a weird. They they Jim Benning went all in on getting all these guys. They have Oliver Ekman Larson now. They made all these big trades, and to me, the greatest thing about that is that those are the moves of a man who knows that if his team doesn't make the playoffs, he will be out of a job. Like that's basically what it comes down to. Jim Benning will be out of a job at least in Vancouver. He'll be signed immediately by somebody to run their scouting department or whatever. But yeah, this he'll, is be a guy, on, he'll be on trade breakers in uh, next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that makes the most sense. Yeah. But this is a man trading for his job, basically. Yeah. That's what he's doing, which is always a fascinating that, thing. That's, that's always, yeah. I like It's funny to think about that because when you are a GM, like your, your shelf life is so short. So many of these right. guys think so far down the road. I'm like, why? You know, <laughs> like, if it doesn't work out for you, you're gone. And, and just because you signed, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson to a great deal or whatever, or someone that, that helps the next person. So, mm. you, you know, you think, you think about that, but um, I, I think about that a lot with um, uh, Kyle Dubas too. Like mm. he, he's like, he's, he seems to be a guy who, who GMs for 
2029 at the same mm. time he's GMing for 2021. I'm like, dude, just yeah. take a take a breather and, and, <laughs> and, and just fight for your job because that's how that's what you got to do. Uh, but yeah, as we Benning know is, from Benning is hilarious. Yeah, as we know from from Twitter, uh, the best team you could possibly put together is one that is not paid anything and is only actual draft picks. Like, there's no actual <laughs> players; it's only draft picks. So, as long as you've got draft picks and no cap, no caps, you know, all cap space, and not, not aren't paying anybody for no years, you're the best GM in the league. So that's Elliot. Great. Do you think the saying for this year, the theme for this year, will be weaponizing cap space? <laughs> yeah. Another another thing we heard during some previous Islanders administrations <laughs> never never happens. Although I, we, I guess we'll, we'll talk about the Devils in a, in a little bit and who actually did do that. So that's pretty good. It happens once in a blue moon. Um, real quick on the California teams, who we can kind of all lump together. Uh, I forget what game I was watching this preseason, but the the comment the, the color analyst made a good point that I hadn't really thought about. You know, it wasn't that long ago that like the Western Conference Championship essentially flowed through California because the Sharks, Kings, and Ducks were all really, really good. And so if you wanted to get to, to the cup finals, you were going to have to play one or two of those teams. Um, those days are over, and they have been over for quite some time. Um, all three of these teams are pretty lousy. The Kings, I think, are the most optimistic. They got the most young guys, although Quentin Byfield got hurt. He's out for several months. That really sucks for them. Uh, I was actually thinking they might be a sneaky playoff uh, contender, but now I'm not so sure anymore. Um, the Sharks are in the worst the worst setup. They're, they're a disaster. Thomas Hurdle is really their only good player. They signed Eric Carlson, that big deal, and all of a sudden his skills have completely evaporated, which is a real shame because I loved Eric Carlson. He was great. Um, Evander Kane is a different, distressing, sad story every single day, uh, and who knows what he might not even play for them this year, and, and you know he doesn't really deserve to, but uh, that's a big you know chunk of goals that they're taking out of the lineup. Um, and what's weird is that the Sharks for a long time were like the, the picture of stability. Even when the Ducks and Kings were struggling, Sharks were pretty good for a really long time. Now the picture of stability is the Ducks, only it's stability you don't want. They aren't very good, and they never change, and they just keep doing the same thing every year, even though it's not very good. And so I don't know what is going on in Anaheim if somebody's asleep at the wheel or they're just kind of on autopilot right now. They made no changes except bringing back Ryan Getzlaff. Maybe they're just going to let him play one more year and then and then start over again but uh it's it's a very weird thing that just overnight it seems california went from being like the toughest state to play hockey in in the playoffs to being like these guys aren't even going to make the playoffs so just right off the whole the whole state (laughs) all three teams (laughs) goodbye i'll see you guys next next fall and it's crazy yeah the uh the the thing i uh, i that marked where I was like, oh, wow, maybe there's something different going on with these teams at West that were that it used to be a bear to do that road trip, L.A., Anaheim, usually back-to-back, and then San Jose uh, two days later, late at night. And But, yeah, the, uh, the first season with Trots when they, they played really well on that road trip. And I was like, wow, that was really impressive. Robin Leonard was really good in goal. Uh, I think I can't remember if they beat the Kings or whoever it was that I was not expecting them to, to do well against. And, uh, yeah, and then, then – like three months later, uh, they were like, yeah, these teams are all kind of mediocre. And at the end of there, I was like, oh, all right, man, man, that makes a little bit more sense, I guess, for in uh, in retrospect. But that was that was uh, like that that first season was uh, full of moments where you're like, wow, there's maybe something going on. And that was one of them, along with like when they beat the Jets in that crazy game when they came back and regulation and uh, 
then also that that series, I think they played the Penguins like back to back, home and home or something, and they got yeah. were getting like pummeled and then turned the tides like in the middle of the game and just never looked back. So I do, I am thankful for to those three California teams for that. And plus, and we're also like the Kings are always going to be a, a favorite team of mine for what they did. Uh, what was mm. it, 2014 Stanley yeah. Cup? Alec Martinez, I always say, get build him a statue at UBS. Adam Henry, who plays for Anaheim, <laughs> and soon to be on the Islanders, probably build yeah. him a statue like he's. So uh, yeah, those teams are all good with me. Uh, yeah, good luck to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's never never been much of a uh, a reason to hate those guys too much. Uh, okay, so moving on to the Central. Um, this, you know, everybody kind of thinks that the Metro is the hardest division, and I, I think I agree. Um, but the Central is not a cakewalk either, and I don't. There's one team that is an outlier. It's the Coyotes. They're going to be terrible. They know they're going to be terrible. They dra- they traded for all these guys. They got a bunch of first round picks and second round picks, including one from the Islanders for Andrew Ladd. Um, but aside from that, all of these teams look pretty good, but with maybe like a big flaw um you know nashville i made the playoffs i I believe last year somehow they got hot at the end are they a great team no but uc soros your pick for vezina this year is going to be pretty good uh again can cover up a lot of mistakes and you know they've got talent some in that lineup they have talent they got roman yossi still um so they can make a lot of noise dallas was in the cup final two years ago in the bubble talent up and down the lineup they got 700 goalies there and if two of them end up being pretty good they can make a lot of noise the Blues won the Cup two years, a couple of years ago. They're still pretty good. <laughs> they got a lot of guys, you know. But then they made the playoffs last year and were wiped out so quickly. People forgot they were even there. Um, the Jets are really, really good. They bolstered their D. They could win the division. The Wild are exciting all of a sudden. One mid twenties year old from Russia can completely change the outlook of a team for the first time in thirty years, which is pretty remarkable. Um, the Blackhawks we'll talk a lot about in a second, and then you got the Avalanche who by most standards are going to you know be the best team in this division. But I don't think these other teams are that far behind. I, I feel like somebody, one of these guys is going to catch fire and be right behind the avalanche and, and make them sweat it out a little bit and maybe even put a scare into them uh, in the playoffs. Uh, as every one of them, I, I feel like, again, aside from Arizona has its good points and bad points. Uh, and it's a matter of who's going to find what <laughs> during the yeah. course of the season. Uh, it could be a, another really tough division. Yeah, I I basically wanted to bet every team in this division between uh, Colorado and Arizona because right. it's like you could just see yeah you could see the Jets being awesome you could see the Stars doing what they did a couple of years ago where they're just good defensively they they have a deeper offense I think that people realize yeah we like Rick Bonus we like Rick Bonus's haircut <laughs> so we like that <laughs> they have four goalies which is so like it's so much fun come on yeah. and, and what's funny is that people like. How did this happen? How did they even get here? I don't know. They're just here. Yeah, it's not like I, – I like, too, that it, when, when you hear, like, a team's got four capable goalies, you're like, oh, all right, like, they probably got, you know, a veteran on his way out. They got – which they do, Braden Holtby. Then they got maybe a guy in his prime or two. And then they got, like or, – or they got, like, a bunch of youngsters fighting for position. This one is just like – yeah, they, mm. I guess Jake Oninger is still a youngster, but he's been, like, around. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, the other three are all uh, are all kind of – past past it veteran so i can't i'm 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 actually kind of excited to to see how that shakes out and uh in dallas and they uh they they have a funny team because it's all uh euro euro very euro stars like the the team is all Finns and 
Swedes and Czechs and it's it's uh it's that's there there's there always seem there used to be I feel like the Blue Jackets used to always or were always like this too like they they're uh heavily European influenced and the stars are too which which I I find fun because you know six six seven weeks from now people will be like who the hell is this guy he's like mm. lighting it up for Dallas and uh you're like yeah I, I couldn't pronounce his name either but uh he's good and then and and then he becomes like really trendy chic guy and uh everyone a hockey analyst was like oh i knew who dennis Goryanov was during the bubble or whatever <laughs> and, and if you didn't know him then you get punched down on so look out for that's a bold prediction there that, that the stars will another player will will emerge from the stars where uh the gatekeepers of hockey twitter will will make fun of you for not knowing who mm. or that'll be their guy that's you didn't guy. know ropa hints before yeah. my large adult goals. son ropa yeah. hints yeah okay <laughs> um but so yeah, the stars are good. The Jets, uh, they're they're all. I feel like they're all just in the same level. I think I, I bet the Wild to miss the playoffs because I think the love for them got out of hand. And mm. like, is Cantalbert that good? Like, he's good. He's solid, but he's not like. No, ooh. it's um, it's the Capo Kakinen. Yeah, go- and I was gonna say like, Kaprizov obviously gets all the attention because he's incredible and electric. But I mean, their other rookie, I think, had probably more to do with them making the playoffs last year than he did, which is the goalie. You know, that's that's everything. So I, yeah, I, I just do another goaltending tandem. Then I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like mm. maybe he does well. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I'll go against it. And uh, that fan base is starting to get annoying. So <laughs> I don't have a problem doing that. And they uh, the Blues. I mean, I don't know why, but I, I do have another soft spot for the Blues too. Maybe it's. The, the Al Arbor thing or, or the fact mm. that they went so long without winning the cup. And then when they did it, they uh, knocked off the Bruins, which was appreciated. But uh, yeah, I like the Blues too. And, and they took Pavel Buchnevich, who, who I've always thought – first of all, I feel like he kills the Islanders. That <laughs> might not be true in the numbers, but I just feel like he scored 100 goals against the Islanders when he played for the <laughs> Rangers. And, uh, so I'm happy he's out of town. So I mm. appreciate that. And the fact that it, it came at a very – little expense to the blues. Like they didn't make the Rangers better. They made them you know, worse was mm. definitely appreciated. Uh, but yeah, this division is wide open. Everyone's getting, the Blackhawks are such a, like what, what do people expect that is going to happen with this team? Like yeah. it, everyone's like, people are, I, people are like, Oh, this team's going to, they're going to be awesome. Or they're going to flame out. I'm like, I just think they're going to be mediocre, which is fine. But yeah. like, it's not like, I think the Blackhawks are going to, be hanging around the playoffs until they're gonna be the team that is be like are they buyers or are they sellers because they're like six or eight points out of the playoffs and trade deadline but um mark andre flurry if you don't think he's gonna end up on the pittsburgh penguins at the trade deadline <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you because he will he before he retires he will definitely be, end up back in pittsburgh like yeah. there's no question about it. i don't know if it's this season or whatever his contract status is maybe even i think he is he i think he's a ufa at the end of this year so if he's not there, if he's still there at the trade deadline, he'll definitely sign there over the course of the summer and they'll let somebody else go. Um, to me, the thing about the Blackhawks is, and again, you know, we, we talk about these things like they're kind of blanket thing. Canadian, many members of the Canadian media in particular have decided that the Blackhawks are the most interesting team in the NHL. And I really do think that that is not the case at all. Maybe they were at some point for sure, but like, I, I agree with you. Like to me, these guys are going to be pretty mediocre. Uh, I find that the fact that they were and still are under investigation for some really heinous off the ice behavior 
kind of fell on, got swept under the rug once they started acquiring Seth Jones, his brother Caleb Jones, Mark Andre Fleury. They traded Duncan Keith. <laughs> All of a sudden, they, they signed a bunch of other guys too, and it was like, oh, uh, Tyler Johnson. They picked up from the Lightning, and so it's like, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're they're a different team right now, but I just to me. A lot of the, you know, Taves is back now. He's healthy. I do think they're going to win more games probably with Flurry. I mean, sure, they could they could make the playoffs easily. But I also think that, you know, they're one bad stretch from being underneath the cut. And this is not an easy division. Somebody's going to miss the playoffs and be probably pretty good. And I think that there's a chance that that could be the Blackhawks. And the thing about Flurry that cracks me up is like, again, you've got this push to like, make him so interesting. You know, Alan Walsh, his, his agent tweets out a picture of him with this, the saber in his back. And it's, you know, did he get run out of Vegas uh, unceremoniously? And, and, you know, was it too cutthroat, too mean? And they keep trying to make this guy kind of a media thing. And every time I've seen him interviewed on camera or in a podcast, he seems like a man who wants absolutely nothing to do with media attention whatsoever. He looks like a guy who wants to go to work, have fun with his friends, play hockey on the ice, and then go home and play with his kids. And that's beautiful. That's great. I'm sure he's he's a great guy. But he just seems like very uncomfortable with all this attention, and especially this this summer when he just wanted to stay in Vegas. And all of a sudden he finds himself in, in Chicago, and it's a whole big circus. So um, I don't know what's going to happen with this division. Again, it's going to be tough. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We all know what's going to happen with Arizona. They're going to finish last. <laughs> the rest of it in between, I don't know. I mean, even you know Colorado now, we've got Darcy Kemper as their starting goalie, and he's been good on bad teams for the last couple of years. How is he going to be now behind a good team? I assume he's going to be pretty good, but you know that's that's kind of an adjustment period. Their backup goalie, Fran- Pavel Francouz, is out for a while. Nathan McKinnon is kind of a lunatic. Uh, you know, he wants to win. Beautiful, that's great. But uh, you know, I think again, they're probably likely to win the division. But I feel like the Jets in particular, could give them a run for their money. And I just, I don't know, I feel like the Blues are going to be have like a bounce back season. Yeah. I feel like all of a sudden they're just going to be like world beaters again. So they'll figure out the Tarasenko situation and just become really, really good again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back to Tarasenko situation too. It looked <laughs> imminent. Like the, like it, it was like, everybody was like, yeah, Tarasenko's being traded. The Islanders are at the top of the list. Yeah. And then, yeah, nothing, crickets again. Like it's, uh, <laughs> I just, I, uh, these, first of all, you can't talk about anything except for Jack Eichel's Right, medical records right now. If you're talking about <laughs> player movement, so well, uh, that's probably part of the reason. But uh, the yeah, that that just kind of came. It was, feel first of all that those rumors feel like they were three years ago. Right, they, you know it's a long time ago in terms of in hockey years, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I I have a bet on the Blues and I have a bet on the Stars and bet on the Blues. And like you said, I have a, I actually have a bet on the Flames swim and uh, Sutter. Mm. Uh, and then Haxtell, Travis Green, too, as coach of the year. I don't, I don't think the Canucks are going to do anything, but if they do, <laughs> the he's, he'll be in the running. But yeah, that's that's it. I I, I do I, I I always bet. I like the past couple of years. I bet Saros for Vezina, and mm. I bet Connor Hellebuck a lot for Hart Trophy. I think yeah. he'll he'll end up winning one because you know once every decade a goalie wins it, and he's I think the only one that. Besides, besides Sorokin, of course, uh, <laughs> that, that can that can win it uh, right now in this in this environment. But uh, it's 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 a fun that's a fun division because you can we can watch it with our feet up. Doesn't really have much of an effect on us. Def, I'm rooting for Andrew Ladd to have 15 goals for those Coyotes, though. I will tell you, like I hope <laughs> I hope he has like I hope he has a good enough season 
where his name is is talked about a little bit at the trade deadline. Right. Like that would be funny. Oh my god, wouldn't it be great if like the Oilers were? <laughs> we, <laughs> they need some. They need some jam down their lineup, so they're they're like kicking the tires on Andrew mm. Ladd. Just something. I would love that. So, will the Blackhawks bring back Andrew Ladd yeah. to help in their playoff push? We'll <laughs> talk perfect. about that after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This. Uh, this. Yeah. This division is maybe the hardest to handicap in the entire entire league because it's just so much quality there uh okay we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna head east uh to talk about the atlantic division and everybody from the uh toronto kyle dubas's to the buffalo jack Eichel's medical records <laughs> and then of course uh, finish up with the metro and all the teams that we definitely hate so uh, <laughs> come on back uh, in a couple of seconds i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, Any of the teams we're talking about today, you won't find there because these are boring team names. Cool team names like the the Nashville Dixie Flyers and the uh, Albany River Rats. That's the kind of stuff you find at VintageIceHockey.com. You can also find our Al Arbor t-shirts, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You can use the code Lighthouse15 to save yourself 15% as well. So go to VintageIceHockey.com today and every day. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the Atlantic division, the division that gets by far the most media attention of any of these divisions. Um, But really, it's just two teams that that draw all the oxygen, and it's the Leafs and Canadians. Um, The... We're going back to the regular divisions, obviously, now this year. So it is, once again, very strange for me to see this very Canadian-heavy, Northeast-heavy division with uh, Florida and Tampa Bay. I don't know how this is still possibly a thing, but it just is. Um, the Leafs, we might as well just get them out of the way right now. They, The sort of projections on these guys rank anywhere from being the best team in the league to missing the playoffs. And there's a hundred different variations in between uh they have engendered no goodwill whatsoever because they have done nothing <laughs> with all of their talent their copia i mean obviously look they're a talented team like let's just be honest they got a lot of talent up and down the roster but they have done jack shit with it and <laughs> that is why nobody trusts them and could they win this division absolutely 100 no no doubt about it they could win this division going away could they finish fifth yes because that's just again how how they work out um, this, the worst thing is we are all along for the ride, whether we want to be or not. And so <laughs> we're stuck with them. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as everybody else goes, what are the problems with Leafs? They're called the Tampa Bay lightning, Boston Bruins, and Florida Panthers, <laughs> who are also pretty darn good. Um, you know, this is a little bit like, 
with Central. Buffalo, we know, was going to be terrible. Yes, they had the Joel Jack Eichel and his medical records and whatever situation to deal with. But outside of that, they have a goaltending tandem of Craig Anderson and uh, who's the other guy? Aaron Dell, but then Aaron, Aaron Dell. Dell, but then Aaron Dell didn't win the job. Right. So, oops, so it was Dustin Tarkarski. Dustin Tarkarski, who's played for every team in this division, <laughs> I think. Um, so yeah, the Sabers we know are not going to be very good. The Red Wings, most like, I think the Red Wings are actually going to be pretty good. I think they're going to. They got you know Delkovic now back there, who's who's shown he's been pretty good. Yeah, you know, they got our friend Nick Letty, who definitely won't be there at the trade deadline. But whatever. Um, I, I think they might actually put a scare in some people. You got the Senators who. People want to believe they're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, the, more than any team in the league, if they can find a goalie who can stabilize back there, I think they might be okay. That's their really their biggest problem. They can score, and their their D's not that bad, but their goalie goaltending has been pretty terrible. And then you've got the Canadians who were just in the Cup final, and now have lost Carey Price for a little while while he deals with you know some personal issues, and that's going to be a huge problem for them. Um, so. This is there's a lot of drama in this <laughs> this division. Again, the Panthers, Lightning, and Bruins are all really, really good, really well coached, really talented. Tampa's coming off two cups, um, and you know you figure those three are locks for the playoffs. That fourth spot, I don't know. With all due respect to the Leafs, that could be anybody in that spot. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's one, crazy. One thing like we've seen, uh, especially this week with all these predictions coming out and uh, whatever, it's it's everyone is doing exactly what they did with handling the Leafs exactly like they normally do, but just hedging their bets more. <laughs> like that's it. And, and, and I get, and, and it's frustrating because people are seeing that like, Oh, like look at them. They are, they are learning with this team to not trust mm. them. Like, no, they're not. They're just writing exactly the same thing. This team's really good. Like they, this could be the year, but we've learned not to trust them. Like you learn not to trust them now. <laughs> it, it, boys and girls. This has been a thing for 17 years. This hasn't. This has been a thing since 1967. Like, what? like I don't. I don't realize why now all of a sudden you're deciding not to trust them. What? What was the different? Like, I get. Yeah, they were up three-one in the series, but like they lost to the Blue Jackets the year before. They blew a three-one third-period lead against the uh, the Bruins that year. Like, it's not. That's what's been frustrating. Reading these things, like this way, if things go wrong, they can say, "Yeah, well, like I did say." After after waxing poetic about how good this team was and how high their ceiling is, I did say, you know, hold your horses. This is Toronto. This is a cursed team. <laughs> uh, no, that's not how it works. Like it's not how it works at all. And uh, I thought there was a great tweet. I can't remember who did it. Yes, I can't remember the name, but someone was like, the Carolina Hurricanes have been mm. treated. They had Peter Morazic the last three seasons, and everyone kept saying uh, the the Hurricanes are, have a great team, but it just it just depends on if their goaltending is going to hold up. And now that the Leafs have them. <laughs> like this team has no holes and their goaltending is number two in the league somehow. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there's, there, there's uh, so much to, and, and I don't, I don't know how many, I, I, I always get a little self-conscious when we talk about the least that people get frustrated listening. Cause mm. we talk about them a lot. Uh, and, but my, my hatred for this team really just knows no bounds. Mm. Uh, and, and it's, it's different from hating the Rangers too. It's like, because like hating the Rangers, yeah, who I despise too. Um, it there's a easy outlet, which is my friends who are Ranger fans. Mm. Like like I saw one, uh, my friend Greg, great Ranger fan, was driving yesterday, and he was lamenting how he uh, missed out on the Lundquist night tickets. And I was like, well, why'd you want to go? Like he didn't win anything. 
Like, so like <laughs> just they, they, there's an outlet for that. Right. So, but mm. like with the Leafs, because there's no Toronto Maple Leafs fans here, they're all on Twitter and they're all insufferable. And like mm. the worst, the number one cardinal sin of Twitter is actually tweeting something. Right. Um, Especially something about the Leafs. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like, you can't, there's no like real outlet for it. And, it, it's basically just other Islander fans that we can just like snicker behind their backs to make fun right. of. And, or the two nights a year that the Leafs come to the Coliseum or now UBS arena. So mm. I think that's why it's so frustrating. And we talk about it a lot. It's like, yeah, we're shouting into the void a little bit, but I need to do it for my own sanity. Like I need to be able to see, is anyone else seeing this? I feel like this, uh, <laughs> like Mugatu from uh, uh, Zoolander or whatever. I feel yeah. like I'm taking crazy pills. Like when yeah. the Leafs are around and, uh, then, then, but like it's, I do talk to other people too, and I'm, and it's so, it's just so rewarding when you read tweets from we, you talk about a lot. Like Senator's Twitter is hilarious, and mm. uh, when you do read some tweets where they're talking about the same kind of problems with the Leafs that we have, and like it just is, it is nice that there are so many people out there that feel this way. But they, it, they are, we are kind of, there's so many more loud, annoying Leafs fans than clever. Mm. Uh, Leafs haters out there, which so when you do find one, it's just like I read the tweets over and over and over again because I'm like, ah, mm. this makes me feel better. Yeah, but the, the hatred is different though than it is against teams in particular, our division or even in other divisions too, because the hatred is built on something on the ice. And you know, we, Islanders fans have hated the Rangers since 1972, and the feeling is mutual. You know, and yeah, I mean, you can go back and forth with your friends or your family members that are fans, but like at the end of the day there will be some sort of settlement on the ice. <laughs> like, you know, you will play them, you'll win, you'll lose, whatever. The same goes for the Penguins or the Flyers or the Capitals or even the Hurricanes. Like, you know, even the Devils who really, you know, for for all of most of their history have had not really much of a rivalry with the Islanders at all. Like, you hated them because, you know, in the 90s they were really, really good and your team wasn't. Now it's like they're kind of coming up and I feel like they probably see the Islanders as, you know, kind of a, a benchmark for them. So like it's, and they, and they're plucky. They don't go away. Like those are, those are quality reasons to hate a other, another team. The reason most of us hate the Leafs is because we're constantly hearing about them 24 hours a day. And I say this because as hockey fans, particularly people like us who were primarily hockey fans, our media, the, the media that we're consuming comes directly from Toronto from Canada and like we have no choice <laughs> like there's yeah obviously we have people covering our teams and there's like ESPN and things like that but like ultimately everything is going to kind of center around them and we we hate them because of how they're covered less so than about how they are on the ice on the ice they're just another team like you know okay fine they have John Tavares on it but like still even if, they, if you take him out they're still pretty good and like you would just play them but if you didn't hear about them constantly and hear about how Jack Campbell is coming along and what a savior he is and how great <laughs> some guy playing for the Marlies is going to make a big difference. And like, you know, who the hell was that guy? Nick Robertson. Like we heard about this guy for weeks and weeks and weeks when he came up and then nothing happened. Like he just went away and it's like, who cares? It's just, you know, last year the, for, for six months, it was like, could Justin Hull be getting Norris uh, trophy consideration? It's a second line. He's a second pairing defenseman. Like he, he's okay. Like, what are we talking about here? That's why people hate the leaps because of shit like that. Yeah, there's no, no uh, they, all these these Canadian media members have become parodies of themselves, and they're so yes. far gone that like you're like, oh, you know what? The Leafs they blew it again. This year probably will be different with the way they're handled because you know, you got to be a little cautious with this team because of the way that you know they they always script the it's mm. like uh, 
uh, what's his face? The Looney Tune at the end, or it's like Lucy. <laughs> it's like Lucy with the football, right? Like uh, Charlie Brown peanuts. thinks he's gonna kick it and then uh, pulls it away at the last second. Like so, maybe they'll they'll like yeah. tone it down a little bit, but they just mm. double down. They double down. Yeah. It's crazy. Just they hired some like James Harden's like friend or something. I don't know yes. what it was. His his like mental mental friend, his mental health friend. I don't know what it was. I, I honestly, but he like they're like this guy's gonna unlock the leaves and help them exercise their demons. Okay. Yeah. How about just like a, a normal headline, like leaves hire this this consultant. Right. We'll, we'll see how it works. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and not to mention, like you said, the division is really good. Like yeah. there's the Panthers are really really good. The Canadian. Yeah. It seemed like as soon as that game ended against the Lightning in the Stanley Cup final last year, everyone's ready to count the Canadians out for next year. Mm. But they're still good. They might not be as yeah. good as the other teams in this division, but. This is the NHL. If you're good, you make the playoffs. That means someone else isn't going to make it. Someone else who has a dip because an injury or some poor goaltending. And maybe their goaltenders are two guys who played like a combined 40 games the last two years, mm. like Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah, sure. They could be good, but they also could suck because goaltenders are weird and they also haven't played that much. So uh, that's the frustrating part of it all. And it's like, I just can't wait for this team to this to blow it up. I really like, I really hope I know last year they, before the season, they were like, this is the year. If they don't prove mm. it, this core is going to be blown up. And this year they're saying again, and maybe I'm, you know, kicking the football that Lucy's pulling away <laughs> by believing that. But uh, I just hope it is because I'm just, I just really need, I really want to have a parade down uh, whatever street outside of whatever what's called now, not air Canada center. And mm. I would love to help Kyle do his pack his box out mm. of that office and Brennan Shanahan uh, because <laughs> it, I just need to say this is the Shanna plan to end. And yeah, and it could, cause, and it's not, and nobody, nobody seems to ever mention like, yeah, the Leafs are good, but they're playing in a tough division where in a, in a league where being in a tough division could really suck. Yeah. Uh, cause if you finish fifth, you could be screwed and the rest mm. of the conference is strong too. So just getting the second wild card is, is not a guarantee either. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, the Atlantic, there's a lot going on, and like, there's a lot of emotional baggage, obviously, for us to unpack, and and those fan bases, fan bases to unpack, and uh, poor Sabres fans. Uh, but there's a lot, there's a lot going on in that one, and I just hope to God it goes the way that we want it to. Yeah, I think the best outcome for everybody would be either the Senators, Canadians, or Red Wings jumping over the Leafs for the final playoff spot. Like, I feel like that would be the best possible outcome for everybody because it would give. Canadian writers, a million things to talk about, and it would give one of those fan bases some fun, you know, few weeks or so in the playoffs um, before, you know, they, they eventually get crushed by one of those three <laughs> other teams too. Um, you know, we should say, you know, the Lightning did lose a bunch of pieces off of their roster. You know, are they still good enough to win the Stanley Cup? Absolutely. But they, you know, they did lose Tyler Johnson. They did lose a couple of the guys, but they still have Stamkos, Kucherov, Point. Headman and Vasilevsky. So really, honestly, at that point, who the hell cares? Like they've got they've got more than enough to to win again. The Bruins don't have Tuukka Rask right now, but you know they've got Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman, who might be pretty good. Um, but again, they're talented up to, up and down the lineup. Um, you know they added Nick Foligno. They did lose David Krejci, but when you've got a top line like Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand, and Taylor Hall and Charlie McAvoy. Again, who cares? Like you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the Panthers went out and got uh, Sam Bennett, and they also have they just signed Sasha Barkov for a bunch more years. 
They got Bobrovsky still back there. Maybe he bounces back. Um, they've got Spencer Knight, who's like their young guy. They've got some good players on the back end. And they got coach Joe Quanville. So, like, you know, they're going to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, I'm, I wonder if Panthers fans are going to have a conversation like you and I are going to have on Wednesday talking about the Islanders and now how we have to adjust our our expectations, you know, for like a Stanley Cup contender um, because uh, they kind of are on paper for sure. Uh, and then Sabres fans – uh, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, 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 I said this last year, like the Sabres can look to us for some hope. Sure. And, but I also think they can look to the two other teams of the division, which are the Red Wings and the Senators. Like yeah. the Red Wings – they're past like the tear everything down part and they're adding some pieces around and, and they've got some good pieces. Yeah, exactly. They, they could be interesting. And, and like, that, it's not, it, it doesn't take that long as long as you're doing it, not the way the Sabres usually do it. Like it doesn't, it shouldn't take that long uh, in and long being relative because a season is long and it sucks to be like, well, it's October and I, there's nothing to look forward to with my team this season. Like <laughs> we've all been there. Trust me. Um, not too long ago that this, this, franchise was rolling out steve steos and mark eaton as a as a pairing <laughs> like as like a minute eating pairing so we're, we know um joey mcdonald and yon Denis, like that's not too far from craig anderson and just mm. dustin tokarski so uh yeah there is some hope and uh there but like the red wings they, they will be fun and yeah. uh it's uh I, I will miss franz nielsen he really <laughs> said he didn't he didn't click, click on with anywhere yeah. Yeah, that is that is surprising. But uh I think I think maybe he's waiting for the one day contract for the Islanders just so he can <sighs> retire. Uh speaking of the New York Islanders, let's move on to our final division, the Metro. Uh probably could spend the least amount of time on these guys because we've talked about them fairly regularly uh, when talking about the Islanders. Um, this is hands down the toughest division in the league. I mean Pick the team that you think is going to be the worst in this division. I guess the two leading candidates would be Columbus and New Jersey. Um, but are they really that bad? Mm, not really. Uh, the the Blue Jackets, again, have some talent. Patrick Laine is there. John Tortorella is not. So maybe Patrick Laine will be happy. Uh, they did make a trade for Jake Voracek, who's killed the Islanders, historically speaking. They got talent up and down the lineup. And, you know, they might, let's be honest, like they're probably most likely going to end up outside of the playoff cutoff line but it won't be by by much uh they're gonna be pretty tough the devils are plucky they have made a huge splash they did actually weaponize their cap space so bully for you uh they got dougie hamilton who should make a big splash uh they got jonathan bernier who's you know a capable backup uh they picked up thomas tatar uh jack hughes is gonna be jack hughes is the most hipstery player in the league everybody loves this guy all of a sudden nobody heard nobody said a peep about him his first year in the league and all of a sudden he's everybody's favorite i don't know how that happened um, but they're not that bad. Everybody else is, is good. Uh, you know, the flyers, uh, have to straighten out their goaltending situation. Most people assume that they will. That to me, to me again, is, is maybe a little bit overrated by their followers, but everybody else is really good. Uh, the Islanders, most of all, uh, you, they could win the division, they could finish fourth. I wouldn't be surprised. They went to the, the semifinals last year by finishing fourth. Alex Ovechkin's going to miss some time. Uh, he got hurt, apparently. Nick Backstrom is out for a while. That might change things. Um, on paper, these guys are all really good. Um, how it shakes out in real life, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I hate every single one of these teams uh, equally, really, at this point. And any game against any of them is immediately cause for 
a day long panic attack. <laughs> so uh, we'll have to see how how it works out here. And and the worst part is they're all going to be gunning for the Islanders now because these they're the guys who have made it this far uh, further than any of them have. So they're not you know the days of being the pushover in this division are done, and now everybody's coming to push you over. So uh, this is going to be it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a very long, nerve wracking season. Uh, and uh, I have no idea how this this division will shake out. And I don't think anybody else does either. The, the, the cliche is like this, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like this division mm. is the embodiment of that. Like it's yeah. just going to suck because <laughs> it's, it's it's one good team after another. And then every other the bad teams are the plucky upstarts. Uh, they the devils kind of remind me like where they are right now kind of remind me of uh, obviously without the, the splashy free agent signing, like where the Islanders were uh, the season before uh, the lockout was uh, shortened season when they, they made the playoffs, but like everyone was like, Oh, this team's got good young talent with Tavares, Oposo, Bailey. Uh, so Hamannick, et cetera, like the, the, they, they seem close and, yeah, there's there's no Sabres, Coyotes, or California team in this division, so there's mm-hmm. no easy points to collect, and it's that uh, yeah, it's horrifying stuff. I I'm I'm really kind of terrified of each team for for a variety of different ways, uh, different reasons, and I don't like the we'll talk about this on Wednesday with the kind of Islanders season preview and the existential crisis that's looming of being a team <laughs> with heavy expectations, but. Uh, if the, the fact that they're in this division really is what what sucks because mm. imagine this roster in in the the Pacific or something and and the, the way that the league is set up and, and we talk about the NHL loves to talk about parity and stuff uh, all the time but the the Islanders have never when's the last time that the Islanders division has been a cakewalk for anybody yeah. like I don't know because since Crosby and Ovechkin came in the league they've been in basically the Islanders have had to deal with Sidney Crosby for 15 years. They've had to deal with Ovechkin almost for 10 now. Uh, th- then even before the, the realignment, they're talking about a division when the Rangers were good. Mm. The Flyers have always been the Flyers. And, and these are big market teams. When you're a small market team in a division with basically all big market teams, uh, except for two, mm. um, you're, you're just always going to be fighting an uphill battle. So it does take a long time to get to, this this part and by the time you do get there uh, a couple of the other you know sleeping giants have woken up so the mm. rangers are going to be good and i don't I'm, I'm a little skeptical of just how good they'll be like in terms because they i think they are a little sort of like the leafs uh with better goaltending situation <laughs> because like they're very top heavy and whatever and uh but the yeah it's just like their islanders are gonna be fighting with with these really good teams. And that's, that's the only thing that, that really is. And it's not the only thing keeping me up at night. Everything's keeping me up at night with this team. <laughs> as always, but like, it is the thing that is definitely keeping me up at night. The most is that this 13 game road trip, you, you start slow. You're looking, you're, you're not just catching, you're not catching like the black women. The Blackhawks got off to a tough, uh, really hot start last year. And they're like, Oh, you know, can the stars or predators mm. catch them? Because it's so hard to make up points in this league. Well, it's, it's a lot easier to do it when you're facing a team. That's not that good. <laughs> but like these other teams are good. So if the Islanders, they, they can never, they can't really go into a, a swoon. And luckily they, they've got the coaching staff and kind of the, uh, the culture is in the walls. As, as Franz Nielsen said uh, a couple of months ago about 
the Islanders, watching the Islanders resurgence from afar. And uh, so like they have that kind of stuff to lean back on. And I think that's, that's definitely the thing that's helping me sleep at night. The most is <laughs> this team won't let, hopefully won't let the season ever get away from them. And, but you just never know. Like it's uh, every team in this division is, is real good. Martin Jones is somehow in the, in this division now. Which Man. Is hilarious. <laughs> I, the, the, I think the Flyers may personify this division more than than any other team because again they have a hundred they have a lot of talent and they have for quite some time it's old talent it's young talent and yet somehow they still have Martin Jones as their backup like what are you doing like, why would you do, why would you sign this guy who's been statistically one of the worst goalies in the league for like the last two three years what is he going to do for your team I don't understand and so it's- like. It's hilarious too because they they like this Carter Hart situation. They were right. talking like he he was so good, looked so good, looked like a sure thing as as sure thing can look in goal for a young prospect, and then uh, falls apart. And he said a lot of it had to do with stuff in between his ears, with the pandemic challenges of playing in the pandemic shortened season, etc. Uh, so how do you you know what's what's the best course of action to help to help this young goalie? You know, maybe we should go get a you know pretty stable backup, a guy who who can help him grow his game and be the kind of shoulder to to cry on. And I know that's a not the right metaphor, but you get the point. Like, let's go get Martin Jones. Yeah, <laughs> he's perfect for that role. Like, no, I don't, I don't know. I think you guys might be misreading the situation here. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Meanwhile, the Hurricanes seem to have found their young goalie who you know played really well for them in the playoffs and Alex Njelkovic, and then they don't want to sign him, so they trade him to Detroit, and they signed Freddie Anderson, who got run out of Toronto on a rail for not being good enough in the playoffs. Like, I just, I don't know. It's, it's very it's very strange. And, and you know, it's it, the Islanders aren't, aren't a flawless team, but the stability, their success over the last couple of years has, you know, basically made them, the 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 cream of this division like that's the thing they, they're the team with the least amount of question marks let's put it that way they still have question marks but they have the least amount the penguins are going to start the season without malkin possibly crosby uh the capitals again might be starting without ovechkin and backstrom you know again like you said the rangers are very top heavy um but you know certainly talented the flyers and you know are and hurricanes might have goaltending problems and the devils and jackets are still trying to figure out what the hell they even are um, so that leaves the Islanders and, uh, you know, that's both awesome and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> I guess we don't know what, what's going to happen with them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Barry, I think Barry is probably telling his team some kind of some variation on that to them and being like, we can't let these guys get away from us. We can't let the division get away from us, especially since we're starting with one of the, our division opponents next Thursday night in Carolina. You know, right. It's right from the jump. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know a, cu- a couple of you know these these big bold predictions we're making is that uh, that I'm I'm gonna hate the Hurricanes more than mm. I ever have in a season this year, uh, and and I've I've hated them a lot like mm. over the years, but I think it'll it'll get to a new level this season, um, just because I think that the Islanders and Hurricanes will will either be fighting at the top of the, the, the division or the 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 for like the last playoffs, but I don't know what it is, but I just, I have a feeling that a lot of our success is going to be determined on how well uh, we do against the hurricanes and big games. So mm. that is, uh, that's my, my bold prediction. Yeah. You, you can definitely see a scenario in which, you know, 
traditionally, historically, Islanders fans are worried about Rangers, Penguins, uh, Caps, Flyers, somewhere in that in that neighborhood. But you could definitely see a scenario in which it ends up being Islanders and Hurricanes somehow in the playoffs or for the top of the division or some kind of like pitched battle somewhere between these two clubs that, you know, uh, last year were, were both really, really good and, you know, appreciably better than everybody else in the division. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, so that that's about it. We've covered everybody. We've given our sort of gut feelings on this. Uh, your mileage may vary. Your, uh, you know, sources may tell you otherwise. Maybe, and I'm just throwing this out there for no particular reason. Maybe you have constructed a model based on some sort of mathematical black magic that tells you that the two best teams in the league are the Colorado Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> Maybe that's you. I don't know. I mean, clearly somebody who would do that is just not a very good <laughs> editor of their work. Uh, oh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, we're, we're talking about somebody that Mike found on Twitter that has this model that has the, the Kraken with the second best team in the league. And the Islanders, what, what were the Islanders? Like 13th or something? Yeah, which I, I don't know. It's it, but it's just it's funny that you know me and you are talking about these um, teams and in, in much more like narrative hockey kind of s- cultural fabric ways mm-hmm. where we're not, like we're not really getting into predicting and arguing over you know oh this team actually we should bump them up two points because they're traveling less or whatever like we're not getting into the nitty gritty but the hockey world first of all the hockey world treats uh, the the athletics model like it's Mm. the actual season it's like (laughs) if you win if you win that model like you you, or you come out short in that model you should probably not even play the season and then Mm. the rest of these people who are doing and and like i these are smart people like who 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 are um i think their uh contributions far outweigh their uh you know what their flaws i guess to the mm. to hockey community and, and helping and, and as, as someone who bets the nhl regularly like i look at these models a lot and think all right maybe i'm wrong about this team and like the wild for example last year i was i was like i don't see what a lot of people are seeing out of this team and it's because i miss kirill kaprizov i guess like i under <laughs> i underestimated him or whatever but um i adjusted and, and it's when, when, if you look at the athletics model they have a 7% chance that the Leafs finish with under 100 points, which is crazy to me. <laughs> that's that's a 7% chance is – that means out of 100 times the season gets played, 93 of them come with the Leafs going over 100 in a division which is going to be incredibly tough. What, whatever. Like it, it's, it is what it is. And two, I think they had like a 2% chance they missed the playoffs, which is, again, absurd because – just by playing in this division, it should be 10% for every team because <laughs> look, Andre Vasilevsky could get hurt for the leap uh, the lightning and that would screw them. Like they'll miss the playoffs. Hmm. So there were just are these outcomes that I, I just don't understand why they don't, these people just, as soon as their model spits something out, they're not like, mm, I might need to adjust this. Yeah. I got, I got the devils as the, the best team in the Metro and I got the Kraken as the number two team. And it's, uh, I don't, I just don't get it because, and, and and, and I think part of it is because uh, this isn't true about the athletics model. Like I know uh, Dom does, he, he is, uh, does bet hockey, but like a lot of them aren't, they just do it to the, the to win some 
sort of Twitter mm. award, I guess. I don't know what it is. <laughs> clout. Uh, yeah, they do it clout, all for the clout. Right? Yeah. Like, I get, but, uh, and, and, and like, there's, there's a way to kind of go about making these predictions and being like, oh, like, you yeah, know, I think the Kraken can be better than what people are expecting without saying they're the, the second best team in the league and, and mm. not going back and being like, I might be wrong on this. And, and when it does happen, a bold prediction for the season the Kraken will probably finish in the middle middle of the table. Maybe they'll miss the playoffs and everyone who, and, and it's not just um, the, this model that's overrating them. There's a lot mm. of people are who mod, are pr- putting the, the Kraken as like the number seven team or number nine team in the league. And yeah, they are playing in a weak division that should help. But mm. uh, when the Kraken miss the playoffs, everyone's just going to be like, well, I didn't account for Dave Haxtell's uh, minute. I didn't think he was going to be giving Morgan geeky 20 minutes a night instead of, uh, mm whoever, Junis Donskoy, and I couldn't account that for my model. So uh, that's why I, I wasn't wrong. I just, Dave Haxtell is a bad coach. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. Yikes. It's so frustrating. <laughs> um, the, I meant to mention it before when we were talking about the, the Atlantic division, but uh, if you haven't read Dom's Leafs preview, you, you really owe it to yourself to do it because, you know, it's like 10,000 words long. You don't need to read the whole thing, obviously. But like the first 2,000 words are basically him apologizing for where the Leafs end up in in this like statistical model. That they're like basically the second best team in the league, according to his stuff. And he basically apologizes for it. He's like, and because he, he knows he's going to get a lot of shit for this. Because people are going to be like, what are you talking about? This is insane. They can't be this this good. And he's always, you know, the thing is always like, it's the model, not me. It's like, well, then. Again, maybe your model needs to be adjusted. I don't know. I mean, it goes back to the Blackhawks thing too. Like, the if you follow any Blackhawks fans on Twitter, and I, I follow a bunch of them, they kind of hate Jeremy Colleton. Like, he keeps talking about the system, but it, there's no system to speak of. Like, what is the system? Let people run around with the puck? Like, they just have no idea. <laughs> like, what what is the game plan here? It reminds me a little bit of when the Islanders were under Jack Capuano, and you know, I think Jack Capuano is a good coach, but like, whenever they talked about executing the system I'm watching these games and I'm like I don't see a system here I see a bunch of guys chasing <laughs> the guys with the puck so like you know I, I don't know I, I, I they make content and I, I feel like maybe we take everybody takes these things a little bit too seriously uh but then it makes me wonder what, why we're we even doing this like what's the point of even yeah. making the model if you know you're gonna be wrong if you don't agree with it or you you finish it you do all this work and then you're like wait how did us how did a expansion team end up being the second best team in a league Maybe there's something wrong with this. I, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, and, and, and we, do, we do take it too seriously, but it's because the, the people and I think Dom is, is is definitely a poster child for this. Is like they they take it to the next level with how right. seriously they take this yeah. stuff, and uh, he he writes in absolutes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like he he says, you know, this is. You know, just because I'm saying it's a 93% chance doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. And then <laughs> writes 10,000 words about how you know why it's going to happen. So that's that's just the frustrating part is that we as a is in a weird sociological like experiment hockey twitter is like jump the shark with these Mm. modelers and people who yeah like i get they're real smart and they have a good eye for a lot of things and uh but we take their predictions as canon and uh it's it used to be the case with uh pre pre modeling like pre when before the modeling revolution like with beat writers and national reporters when they made their predictions everyone just be like well that's that's not gonna happen and of course it's not gonna happen it's because 
we're human beings and the season hasn't started yet. Like, of course, like nobody knows it's the, the Dallas stars. There was a winter storm in Texas last year. Like <laughs> that's something, something crazy is going to happen. Like yeah. who knows? And that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's both a, a something. And this is after an hour and 10 minutes of us overreacting to them being like, yeah, just, just remember that all these predictions are going to be wrong. Oh yeah. All of them. Uh, yeah. Um, but I guess, I guess the, the thing is, what we try to do is when we make these predictions, we avoid the two things that make other people's predictions annoying, which is speaking in absolutes, like you said, and also being a snarky asshole on Twitter. Like we're trying <laughs> not, you know, we're kind of leaning more towards the snarky asshole part than the absolute part, yeah. um, which I think is fine. Like you can do that, but at the same time, you know, don't, yeah, don't tell me that the Islanders have a 20% chance of beating the Bruins in the playoffs. And then when they, and then, when they win, be like, well, you know, I didn't say that the Bruins were going to yeah. 100% guaranteed to win. And I've been it, preaching patience yeah. about the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, giving them a 20% chance to win is is kind of telling us you think they're going to lose most of the time. Yeah. So, you know. but In a seven-game seven series, too, where so much of these people, they're, they're like, caveat – Small hmm. sample size. Anything can happen in a seven-game series. But yeah. an 80% chance for the – an 82% <laughs> chance the Leafs beat the Canadians. 80% chance that the Bruins beat the Islanders. Like, yeah. Right. Maybe you got to just tone it down uh, <laughs> a little bit. And, and yeah, we, I think we are we are being kind of smarmy assholes. But we're being smarmy assholes to the snarky assholes, which I think is okay. <laughs> like, it's not, I'm not – we're not doing it to someone who's, who's going to, you know, tweet us yeah. and be like, oh, you know, I actually think that the, uh, the stars are going to be worse than you thought. Okay. Hmm. Totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 like venom. He, we yeah, we kill people, but we only kill the bad people, so it's okay. You know, like that's that's the important. We're not killing anybody, obviously, yeah. but you know, I'm just using my usual uh, uh, comic book metaphor. But uh, we did watch the first Venom. I haven't watched the sequel yet, but we watched the first Venom because my my wife was like, I don't get it. What is he? Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? I'm like, well, he started out as a bad guy, but he became so popular they made him a good guy. And she's like, how does that work? And we watched the movie. She's like, okay, now I kind of get it. Uh, he goes after bad people, so yeah. So we're we're kind of trying to do do our part to uh, even out the uh, the hockey Twitter analytics prediction snark uh, market, I suppose. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you spending your hour and ten minutes or so with us. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. We will be back on Wednesday to uh, to talk about the Islanders' actual season coming up and uh, how terrifying it's all going to be uh, knowing that everybody's kind of coming after you. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then their first game is the next night. So think of us as sort of like your, your pregame uh, podcast uh, friends. Uh, hopefully we get some actual Islanders broadcast this year and they don't just fly Sam and Joe out to cover all of these <laughs> Islanders games on TV, which they did in the preseason. Thanks for nothing. MSG. Seriously. Thanks. Thanks a lot. God, Sam is Speaking of like parodies of themselves, Sam, man, I got, he, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Capo Caco. And he, he made, he made like a, a, a nice move. I watched a little bit of the game last night, uh, mm. probably like four minutes total. And mm. which is me again. I'm getting, I'm getting into game shape. If, yeah. If it's a lot four for minutes of a preseason game. And, <laughs> uh, Cause I literally just tuned in to see mm. what happened to Ryan Strom. And uh, cause I saw right. that he was hurt and wanted to see what happened and, uh, I did time it well because they would talk like Sam and Joe were talking. They talk. They showed like a replay of it, whatever. But then Capo Caco made a nice move to the net, uh, and Sam lost his mind. He was <laughs> like, "Oh, if they, the Rangers can get this out of him every night. Oh, look mm. out!" Like, yes, Sam, of, of course. But this is a game being played in Bridgeport, <laughs> uh, a preseason game. So 
We'll see. Maybe, yeah. maybe they will. But eighty to get if they get that out of him every night, he's going to be handle tough to handle. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the same with everybody in the preseason. <laughs> you can say that if Ross Johnson makes a nice play at the preseason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I just had it on mute. I just had it just just on mute. Now, when they scored, you could still hear Sam yelling. Yeah, through the mute. <laughs> yeah, but you can't mute him. Yeah, the mute, mute button doesn't work. You can but, say uh, your power play goal. It, it is very curious that the one time the Islanders crew was supposed to call a game, there was a power outage and the game never happened. So I'm not saying MSG hates the Islanders, but I guess I'm not not saying it either. Is, is, but, is Joe part of the national broadcast now or did he? Was, oh boy. I can't remember. I, I don't know. I feel Sometimes like they keep adding people to the list. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, NBC had him behind between the benches a couple of times. Yeah. So no, he's I, I wouldn't be surprised. NBC. I just didn't know if he, he, he was part of the crew that moved over. Uh, like with Liam McEwen, whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll be back in a couple of days to uh, to look ahead to the Islanders season this year. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read his work at the Action Network. Listen to him on the NHL Fantasy Podcast, on the Action Network Podcast as well. Uh, I think that's both podcasts, right? Or <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, visit light- uh, VintageIceHockey.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of days. And uh, we we'll look forward to uh, what ought to be a pretty interesting season. All right. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your uh, week. And uh, we'll talk to you then. All right. Bye-bye.